You're good. This is Table Talk, the bonus episode for Live from the Table with Dan Natterman. That's me and Perry L. Ashenbrand. And Hi. We, and we have with us today uh, Brian Scott McFadden, who was our guest on the main show. Today. Yeah. And he decided to stick around because he... I have nothing else to do. He has nothing else to do until... 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. So we thank you. We had a great discussion of, that got deep, 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 deep into stand-up comedy. The art of... The art of crafting jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope people enjoyed it, even if you're not a comedy junkie. I, Nicole, what did you think of it? I thought it was great, because as an outsider, <laughs> you watch people do these things on stage, and it looks like it just comes so naturally to you, because you've been doing this for so long, and as mentioned, put so much work into this. So it's interesting to hear how much you actually did, because for all of us, it's like it seems... Well, some pe- some people think that we make it up on the spot. Well, yeah. that's what yeah, it's supposed sure. to look like, right? But I mean, no, but you can't. But no, but nobody's that brilliant to make up uh, forty-five minutes of stand-up. Yeah, on but the it spot. looks. That's what it that's looks what like. It looks like when you watch Brian. I don't think I ever thought that. Well, you're a. I don't remember. I've been a comic for so long that I don't remember what I used to think. I'm but I don't think I ever thought a comic just made the shit up. But when you're an audience member, I was an audience member before <laughs> I was a comic, and I don't think I. Wait. I can't. Can I inter- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can I interject a story here? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There was a rock club on Long Island where that changed to do start doing to become a stand up comedy club for right. a very short period of time. There was a bouncer there, and he was this big freaking you know big gorilla looking guy, like very very tough guy, and uh, and they started doing stand up, and and he, he was a, it was a he was a bouncer at the rock club, and then became like the door guy at the comedy club. And the first, I was there like the the third week or something. And he he taps me on the shoulder. He goes, "You know this MC?" And he was they had a house MC, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. local guy, and and good, somebody good from Long Island. And he goes, "I thought this guy was a genius the first time I saw him. I thought it was unbelievable. And now I realize it's all a scam. <laughs> <laughs> These freaking people are being scammed. They don't even realize it. He's doing the same jokes that he was doing the first week. I right. can't freaking believe it. Right? Do they know? Are they onto this? Like they." <laughs> This guy thought that everything that came out of a comic's mouth. Now, the the, yeah. the one thing I did think was always improvised mm-hmm. was when a comic talks to the audience, mm-hmm. which can be improvised, yeah. but it can also be shit that just always comes up. Like, yeah. right. like, you know, I, I, I mean, especially here at the comedy cell, you know, you say, "Where are you from?" Well, there are certain places that people are from, mm-hmm. right? And they're often from Canada. Yeah. They're often from Holland yeah. here at the comedy cellar. Yeah. So if I say, "Oh, I'm from Holland," I used to do a joke. I used to say, well, were you from Holland? Oh, we don't need it. We, we got legal marijuana here any- now anyway. We don't need you yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, and I've done that 10 times. Yeah. Right. Or I think it's genius. Yeah. But <laughs> you're like, you're asking a question because you have a joke about that, right? right? You like, might it, if it's the right answer. If it's not, it, like if I ask somebody where they're from, uh, a foreigner, um, if they're from Canada, I can do a Canada joke. If they're from Holland, I can do a marijuana joke. Right. If they're from any country where they don't speak English, I can say, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because here in America, we only speak English, and then I do those jokes. Right. If they're from Ireland, I have a problem. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I ho- I always pray they're not from I Ireland. I have a bit for that. I don't really have <laughs> a bit for Ireland. I wish, but I never get anyone. I mean, they come once in a while. If they're from England, I talk about, oh, we, we got rid of you guys 250 oh, yeah. years ago. Yeah, you know? I, I, got, I got plenty of stuff for that. I got to write more stuff for like you know the, the you know Holland. I don't have a Holland bit. But again, I have just Germany. A, I don't have any. But again, there's also like a bit for anybody that doesn't speak English. Right. I I got to cover right. with my jokes you about gotta, language. Yeah, you got that's good. You got that nailed down, yeah. right? Or you can just not ask yeah. the audience where they're from. I mean, yeah. that's another option. But right, but, but, that's but I like to to do that. So yeah, you know. Um, 
Like Lenny Marcus told me once, the only reason you ever talk to the audience is because you have something that you want to say. Like you're just like setting, and you know, obviously not every. Well, you 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 should have a backup plan. I mean, there could be something you you might come up with something that's improvised that 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 you've never said before. I mean, I watch. That's brilliant. Yeah, but but if not, you should at least have somewhere to go with it. But watching crowd work, like if I ask a couple, like you ask a couple, where you where'd you guys meet? Right. So if they met someplace weird. Maybe you can come up with a funny joke. If not, you can just say, if it's the internet, do an internet dating joke. Right. If it's if it's in person, I can say, you know what? I'm never good at meeting women in person. I was at the gym, and then I do my joke about right. meeting women exactly. at the gym. So, right. Yeah, no, because I, there's scenarios that always come up right. in stand-up. I always tell young comedians, like, I'm amazed when I see a comedian go up and he's in front of six people, yeah. and he just launches into his material because... He doesn't call out the situation, and and you have to adjust. And certain, and not everyone can or does, or some people it doesn't matter. They that works for them. But I always have to call out whatever scenario I'm in. If it's a if it's in a weird locale, I like to talk about the locale. Or if it's a weird, you know, there's eight people in the room. You'll see a comedian is not talking about it. You the know, the MC happen, yeah. usually will call it out or something like that. But 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 I always feel like. If you're not talking about something that weird that just happened or whatever you're facing right there, you're, you're, the audience is actually expecting you to at least make some allusion to that. Not 17 comics in a row, obviously, saying, you know, uh, five people, I had more people in my car or whatever that <laughs> shitty, <laughs> shitty hack thing is that somebody will do. But, uh, you know. But but the, you always have to have material in your back pocket for bad scenarios or crazy stuff that's going right, to happen. Right, right. If somebody – like, well, yeah. like, well, Ariel Elias – um, she somebody threw a beer at her. Now that's something you would never see. And I think, what did she? How did she respond to that? She fucking opened it and oh, she drank, drank it. She drank it. Okay, yeah. all right. So she that was her response. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you you're but not going to plan for something that crazy because yeah. that never happened. Right, but that I think is part skill, part talent, part experience. Like I think you know, what once you start. Are, you're on stage so much, like you yeah. start developing those muscles. Yeah. Like I was terrified to ever host a show mm, right. because you really had to be able to like catch. Well, but 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 not every host does that. Mike Yard just does his jokes. He doesn't interact with the audience. It's, it's an effective and it's an effective mm-hmm. way to MC the show. Mm-hmm. And he has no interest in saying where who's who, who hears from Canada. No, but stuff happens when you're hosting that you have. No. I mean, in my experience, it's like you know people walk in, something yeah. falls, some, you know you're waiting for a comic to go on stage. He's not there. I don't know a million. Things. I guess. It's also it's also emceeing places you in a situation in which you are the schoolmaster for what comedy is to the audiences, and they're not prepared yet. Mm-hmm. You're te- and, that, and that often falls, if you're just doing crowd work, to the first comic who goes on, because the opening guy will often do crowd work or something like that, and you're, the audience is not quite... Right, they're know, not ready they're, yet. They're not wired, so you're actually shepherding them mm-hmm. from the outside world, well, there, there sheep-dogging is everyone together, and then saying this is how it's going to be, and this is a punchline, and this is a joke, and this right, is a like, setup, and you're sort of rewiring them to the comedy experience. And not all MCs are good at that. They'll, they'll leave you to the wolves. The first person that goes <laughs> up is oftentimes the one who's going to school the audience in what comedy is. You know, they have great MCs at, at the cellar who usually do, you know, some combinations of like great crowd work, and then they do some jokes and everything else. So the audience is prepared for what they're going to hear. So, but that isn't always the case. If you go on the road, you'll see somebody who digs a hole, right? You right, know, it does nothing right. good with, and then right. you're like, oh god. Anyway, that, yeah. that brings us to uh, uh, Periel had a gig recently. I did that. Um, Periel is uh, not everybody knows is 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 do is a new comedian. 
Relatively. And, uh, so she had a gig, which sounds like a terrible gig, a gig I would do for the money but wouldn't look forward to, uh, performing at a bridal shower. Right. I got hired to perform at a bridal shower. Um, and frankly, I think I found a good niche for myself. Really? <laughs> it was... So first of all... Um, they had rented out a restaurant, like, so it was, ju like, just a room, and luckily, you know, I am surrounded by such masters um, that I got a lot of information of things that, you know, you have to make sure, like, nobody serving food while you're performing. You have to make sure that there's an area that's set up with a microphone, you have to make sure that pe everybody knows a comedian is coming on. Now, you had gotten this information from other comedians. Yeah. You called them and said, I'm doing a brow shower. What, do you, what, what should I look well, you for? Ha you what have to I make sure yeah. that yeah, people well, that, that, that want to do a comedy show know how to put on a comedy yeah. show. Right. And they, they often don't. And they often do not. Yeah. Right. And they often do not. Right. And well, the sound system has to be good. Right. As you said, you can't... Some people say, "Oh, we're gonna have a surprise comedian." I I did a gig where, where <laughs> nobody wants. I did a gig where there were there were there were um, nobody was seated. They were all milling <laughs> right. about, and and the guy says to me, "Start telling jokes, and they'll start to sit down if you're funny." I'm like, "No, no, that does not how it no. does not work that way." No, it has never it. worked that me way. Me and you did a gig, and you finish, and then everybody half the went, to the bathroom. went to the bathroom. <laughs> oh we were just God. and he was supposed to bring me right up. But I didn't. I you didn't. didn't. I didn't. No. Half the audience went to the bathroom after my right. set, and I was going to bring up Brian. Right. And I just did a few more minutes of just kind of banter back and forth to wait till people came back from the bathroom. But that wasn't the fault of the venue. That no. was just everybody had to pee at the same time. No, exactly. but, but sometimes people plan a comedy show, and, again, the sound's not good. Right. Or, you have to make sure. So I, I was asking. Or, like, they, as you said, they, some people say, oh, we want to have a surprise right. comedy show. No, that does not work. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they all have to be there mm -hmm. to watch comedy. Yeah. And you all you can't you can't just be like, okay, guys, we have a special treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though you're all trying to get laid and 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 oh. it's a, a singles dance and yeah. you know you get you you're, you're rapping with yeah. each other. People, We're gonna we have people a don't realize how fragile an art form comedy is. Yeah. There there is. There, it it, it re has certain requirements and certain pillars that are required. The sound system being one. Sometimes you'll I've showed up against. Uh, you, I thought you brought the sound system. You know, like like uh, we don't. Uh, well, I probably there are a lot of things that I probably would not have known to ask for or you know be aware of. I happen to have been in um, Florida with Modi when I was having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And and then I spoke to Dan and he was I was like, oh, I'm so excited because it really is um, really kind of very sweet to be like included in like somebody's like this is like a major life happening yeah. and you want me to be there. And Dan, um, in his infinite wisdom, said to me, well, you know, just get ready that they're going to probably want to talk to each other more than they're going to want to listen right. to well, you. That can happen. I did a corporate gig recently. The money was great. So. I couldn't say no, but half the audience was standing mm -hmm. at the bar, right. milling about. <laughs> yeah. So they said, well, just, you know, there's seats, and, the, and there were seats in the front. Yeah. They said, well, the people that want to listen will, you know, they'll, it's, it's okay if they're standing. But if they're standing, they're not geared to listen. No. If right. they're standing, they're geared to mingle. Right. And it was uh, me screaming into the void for 45 oh, minutes. Oh, God. And, uh, and the front row uh, enjoyed it. Right, because they were in the front row for a right. reason, 
and nobody else was listening, and I got paid. It was a a, a, a utility company, and it was a big check, so right. I did it. But well, what and, I, and what am I going to do? Say I'm not doing the gig. Like if I was Seinfeld yeah. and didn't need the money, I'd right. say, well, I don't. This is no. Or I'd have but, a rider. You'd have a rider that says it's got to be like this. It's got to be like this, yeah. Well, one of the things that I did was I spoke a lot to the mom. The mom of the bride was the one who hired right. me. And so she gave me, I asked her like for all of this information mm-hmm. about everyone right. before I did the show. So once I was there, I like for the first, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever, I was interspersing the jokes with talking to the people right. like relating to them and that's that worked really well because they were happy because it was really about them because right? that, that that's a tricky thing because you go there if you're a comic and you're and you're and you think they're hiring a comedian but a lot of times they want to they don't know but they want to roast like they want a bit of a roast what you did is perfect because it was a bit of a roast but you did some material obviously right. you got to get to your material but you weaved in right that sometimes stuff. you'll get to the gig and somebody'll say you got to make fun of steve right, right. steve steve just <laughs> yeah every, steve is like the office you know he's right. like whatever he just got fucking divorced for the fifth time and right. every you know you got to you got to hit so they, they uh, some con- so to some people that's what stand up comedy yeah, it, is. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They they want to hear about themselves yes. a little bit. And because and also you're going to a place uh, those gigs can be so difficult because they know at a comedy club everyone's a stranger including right. you to them and they're you know they're all strangers to each other. There's a few there's people sitting together. They're all strangers. But at these gigs everyone knows everybody and you're the you're alien, the okay? you're, the you're the outsider, right. you're the outsider okay? Outsider, that's right. So you're sort of the enemy <laughs> at, you know until you you prove otherwise because you're the right. outsider coming right. in to entertain them, and th- and if you're insulting them in a way that they don't like or something like that, you can that can go south really fast. Right. You know, right, right. So what you did was great because you found the information and you were <laughs> like, okay, but you're gentle enough that you didn't have to, you know. But also, it's like you know, I'm pretty dirty, mm-hmm. um, so like uh, that. Oh, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to really figure out like where the lines are now yeah. in a club or a show. Like if you step over it, like it's fine, yeah. right? Like yeah. you, like you can always like reel yourself back yeah. from it, yeah. or maybe well, not. Well, you no. you ask the you ask up front what's what um, you know what what can I what am I authorized to say? But you also, but that's not necessarily going to yeah. work because sometimes people say, "Oh, just say whatever you yeah, want," yeah, yeah. and then and you then, try that, and yeah, the audience and is horrified. It's, it's yeah, horrified, right. yeah. Yeah, you, you, yeah, because no. they don't know. They, they don't, don't know anything. Yeah, they don't know what's going to yeah. offend them until they're offended. Yeah, exactly. And people will go say whatever you want. It's fine. And and the paradox can also be true, which is you go to a gig where they'll say, "Don't be dirty." They don't like that. Oh, and, and but they it, do and like they it. Love it. They, they love it. it. <laughs> they love it more than anything. Right, if you yeah. go to like some of these gigs, they, there's nothing that will make them laugh harder than filthy, disgusting <laughs> material, right? Like, yes, yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but, but so sometimes there's one person there that's a stick in the mud. Like, you know, I was did a gig just. I was just in Maryland doing a fundraiser for a Jesuit school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why they're hiring a Jew to do a fundraiser for a Jesuit school, I don't know, but they seem Already to enjoy me. doesn't sound good. But there's a priest there. Okay. A je- so, wait, a Jesuit. a Jesuit priest. Okay, but the Jesuits are known for being, first of all, very intellectual mm-hmm. and really... So, well, the point being is I saw a priest. Oh, no. And I said, okay, point taken. <laughs> I got to be clean. Now, maybe I didn't have to be. Right. No, you didn't. But, but, but it's possible that a dirty joke would have killed, but if the priest is offended. Yeah, yeah. You're in and, trouble. And, and he's yeah. the one that's in charge. Right. 
Right. You know, then it could get bad. It could, it could bad. make bad. So when the quickly. contract tells you to, uh, you know, keep it clean, you know, keep it clean. Keep it clean. But I did find that, you know, I was, you know, careful. How much time did you have to do? I did an hour. Oh, okay. Uh, I was supposed to do 40 minutes. Right. And then, uh, and then wow. I was like, oh my God, I'm completely out of material. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, "How? what time is it? And right. then they're like, oh, an hour. I was like, oh. Wow, good night. Well, and I was like, thank God, because I have one joke left, right. and it is filthy okay. beyond measure. Okay. Um, and I don't think it would have gone over okay. very well. I think we need to hear that joke <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you have. <laughs> um, I probably have. <laughs> did we want to discuss a little bit? Another thing we discussed on the main podcast was that Gwyneth Paltrow is being sued and is countersuing for a ski collision. Mm -hmm. She and a, a retired optometrist, the joke writes itself, folks, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, collided. Yeah. Who hit whom? Right. Uh, is the question yeah. to be answered right. uh, by the jury, I guess, or maybe it's a bench trial, but whatever it is. But, uh, um, you know, what I wanted to, it's a weird coincidence because I went to the optometrist last week for the first time. <laughs> Wait, this sounds like one of those comedy segues no, that we talked about earlier. It's not a segue. It's an odd thing because I, I, no, I was at the optometrist no, I really today. Was, I really was at the optometrist. Yeah, I, I haven't been the optometrist in like 25 he's years. He's really selling this. Mm. I love it. Oh, I, was, I really I, was at the optometrist. <laughs> you I really know. haven't been to the optometrist? Yeah, because I, I only, my, 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 my eyesight hasn't really deteriorated. Wow, mine has And I only wear glasses when driving at night. Hmm. But I'm sorry. With, Gwyn with Gwyneth Paltrow. But but <laughs> the but the glasses that I have, they're old and they're literally like 25 years old. Right. Um, I I got them when I was in law school because I I wasn't seeing the blackboard properly. Okay. After law school, I stopped using them because I didn't need to see the blackboard. Mm. But anyway, blackboard. so I, I figured I need a new glasses. So I'm going to the optometrist, and I said to myself, "This is the job for me." You know, I, I don't know if you knew knew this know this Brian about me, but stand up scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, so you're looking for you're looking for an out is what you're. You know, I I, I I I I was hoping this would get me. I, voiceover work sounds ideal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not going to happen. You're bad timing. <laughs> bad timing. Optometry sounds like a career that really. This seems so easy. Yeah. How fucking easy? And these guys make money. Yeah. Yeah, how, they just how, put glasses on. How fucking easy to just say, yeah. okay, is this better or is this better? <laughs> or is this better or is this better? This is a great bit. Is this better or is this better? Right. I, I wish I could write jokes that way. <laughs> All right, audience, is this better? Is this funnier? <laughs> is this not funnier? Not funny? Good. Uh, very funny. Yeah. That's sort of what we do. Yeah, only. <laughs> yeah we do, but we have to do it at different Live. Yeah. We have to do right, it live. In yeah. front of like hundreds of hundreds people. Hundreds of people, and, right. And don't optometrists make like really good money? Yeah, they do. They do. And, and, but you have to, and, and, you and there's to go no to med school or you don't have to go to med no, school? No, you have to go to optometry school. How many years? Which I think is four years. I don't know why. You could bang that out. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I think you could do it online. I'm just saying like, if you could just snap your fingers and I'd be an optometrist. I think it, it's, I mean, there's no stress. Nobody ever fucking sues the optometrist. Oh, get, there was just a, well. Unless they ski India. Right, hilarious. What about getting, there's very little heckling. Does any, <laughs> yeah, like a doctor yeah. is like a big responsibility. People yeah. die. Right. Uh, What's the worst that can happen? Somebody goes blind. But that's not your fault. That's not your fault, right. That's the ophthalmologist that's in right. charge of the Right, because people, People get those confused. You got an optician, the, ophthalmologist, an op optometrist. Op optometrist. The optometrist uh, is just there to give you glasses. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Just yes. test your eyes. Exactly. 
Oh, maybe it, see if you have like a detached retina. Oh, yeah. so the optometrist isn't the doctor. No, the ophthalmologist. No, no. The ophthalmologist. Uh, right. You, you don't, don't have, have to have, to go have to any school degree. For four years to go I, to I, no. I think it is four years. It's like being a therapist or being a psych, uh, a psych, psychoanalyst. You have to be a doctor to be a psycho, you know, to be, what is, what is it? Optometry school. Psychiatrist. You have to be a doctor. Right, right. But I a psychologist, you don't, right? Yeah. You can go, you like, two years of the correspondence school or get a No, degree. you have to get yeah. a... ACS, yeah, a, a, yeah. A, a SW. No, no, no. That's social work. I social think work. You, you need to, you get a doctorate of psychology. Psychology, but yeah, exactly. But you're not a medical doctor. Right, you but you're not prescribe. a medical doctor. You can't, yeah. But if, you, if, if you're a psychiatrist, you can, just, you're an actual doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so go so ahead. So, the point here. being, it, well, I, I'm trying oh, to look it up. I'm not, let, let me just see. I think it's for... Um, I don't know why. It just seems so like you could do it in a weekend. It's just like, is this okay? Is this clear? Is this clear? And they get <laughs> in a weekend. But uh, but uh, it's funny that um, and Dan read, is read very that successful. Li- read that line. <laughs> Go ahead. It's four year four year. Doctor of optometry is a four year professional program after after undergrad. All right. And doesn't it seem like everything has to just they have to just say four years and they have to make you go to school for four years? But really, the caseload of what you have to really learn and everything else, you could probably bat out. You probably could. You could probably bat it out. They make you go just because they 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 want to make it hard. So much less people will do it. Oh, so this guy was like law school could probably be accomplished in less time than three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They had to pick a number of years. It used to be, yeah. I think in the old days, like I think Abe Lincoln. They want to weed out the people who aren't serious about it. I think Abe Lincoln never went to law school because in those days you could just be an apprentice and learn on the job. Right, right, right. Um, then there, you know, but now it's three years. Could it be two years? Probably. Um, but in any case, the point being is, um, I'm comedy stresses me out. I was hoping for TV work. But not the stand-up. <laughs> uh, I, I get very, I get stage fright. Right. The doctor just prescribed me. Uh, what is uh, it? Well, a beta blocker. Beta blocker, though. Oh, which is supposed my, to uh, yeah, relieve the symptoms I- of anxiety. Right. How's that working? Because out? well, I just got the prescription. Yeah. So I'll see. Right. I, but I've, I've been, I've been known to just on stage to. Well, recently I, I, I had to sit down. I was, ha- yeah. I was like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. hypervent, you know, and yeah. at, a, at a gig, and, and. Um, yeah, if you're a stressed out, easily stressed out person, stand-up comedy is 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 not exactly. Yeah, op- but opto- right, yeah. because I was hoping to make the quick transition <laughs> you know? into Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, of course. Wait a second. Which is easy. Do you do you ever do you get into, stage fright? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, but see, see, this is the thing. There's a difference between um, crippling, like like where your anxiety level is so high. Like I, when I first Act- started, I was like. I would I was a wreck mm-hmm. like every show like I, I was a wreck every show and I learned to compartmentalize that and and place that aside and just function right but that was actually bad because I would muscle through like right. I would just muscle right. through. I'd, I'd be punching myself uh. just totally pussy go, you know like mm-hmm. and then and that and that wasn't good either because I'd get off stage and I'd collapse like into right. you know like and I'd be and it, until I got really good and and was confident that I could like crush then then that sort of eased a little I I, I got. I, that that went away, sort of, you know. Uh, uh, but and now I've, I've sort of a lot of that is like, oh, okay, so that's stuff I'm working. I'm still working on, like, like in terms of like becoming accepting of that. That that uh, it's not. That's always going to be a bit of that in there. Mm-hmm. But you can. The more prep I do, the more uh, right. I, you know. Uh, the more prepared you yeah, are. Yeah, the more prepared I find. I find less 
Like the, I'll go to a gig and if I don't know what I'm gonna do or I don't know the terrain, it's my first time there. Mm -hmm. I that goes up. The I anxiety mean, the, level the, the, always the goes up. The anxiety is dependent on different factors. Yeah. The, the size of the audience. Yeah. Okay. The bigger, the more anxious I get. Um, the longer the set I have to do. Um, yeah. The more restrictions. If I have to be squeaky clean. Um, you know, so these are all things that will right. will will factor so, into the anxiety. So, not to you know, I mean to segue. Um, so we're doing a show together, right? We are doing a show together in in Scarsdale. In Scarsdale, April twenty second. Um, Jackie B's. You can get tickets. The small there. venue there. Jackie B's. Get B. tickets now. Get it's a small venue. We're not going to make much money, but that's fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> edit that a tiny out. venue. Um, well, I'll edit it out. It's, it's a, a small venue. Um, but you, but I mean, you've said this. I think you've said this to me too. You've said this to me before also that you like doing my shows because you feel like there's not that much pressure. Like you feel like you can but work. This is stuff another. Out. This, this is another. Well, okay. This is a kind of a semi another topic. Yeah. Is that the comedy cellar? I, I'm not stressed out at the comedy cellar because it's my home club. Right. But I do feel it is difficult to try new material here. I do feel under pressure to kill here. Yeah. Because it's always full. You definitely. are under pressure. And because yeah. you're, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're watching you. Yeah, I always feel that way. Right, but I, you guys feel that way because it's actually the truth. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's true. Like, but I'll do the CNN guy here because there's so many. I'll do the CNN guy here where I won't do it very often. Like, that, that bit, it's like five minutes long. And I'll do it here like uh, because there's a lot of tourists and I know it's going to crush. Right. Like, like and, and there's always Brits. And there's yeah. always people from, and right. and uh, if I'm ever and I if I do a new joke and it doesn't work, I'll just go. You know, uh, I was watching the news. You know, <laughs> like uh, and you'll see me do it, and it, and, it, and then immediately a young child, boom, <laughs> huge. I got him, and it's five minutes, like crusher. Yeah, yeah, you feel that extra added pressure so, of not so, having. So what it. I was saying, when Periel does shows at Stand Up New York, she produces shows, and hosts, and hosts them, and produces them, and I, yeah, and and. And I feel much more comfortable there doing whatever because, uh, like, I have a show tonight at West Side Comedy Club. It's mm -hmm. another comedy club on the Upper West Side. And I just, it's not the cellar, mm -hmm. you know. And so the cellar is, I feel pressure to, to do, to kill. Yeah. So th 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 it's not quite related to stage fright. It's just related to the fear of doing new material, which is another fear. But when you're going to some other place, you're not doing new material. So no, when I, when, I do a, when I do a big show... I'm doing tried and true material. Right. So what what I'm trying to find out is what are you that it won't work, about? or but, that but you know I, that, that it, you know it's going to work. Just that I'm public speaking is scary, you know, even even for everybody. I mean, so sometimes but, I just I get scared. It's but, genuinely you know. regarded as one of the most nerve uh, racking yeah, things. They in public say, speaking. Yeah, they say People I often know. say that, and comedians do it every yeah. night. Yeah. We, and in a hostile environment. Right, right, right. right it's right. not a friendly, hospitable. No. There's an antagonistic I mean, aspect you know, to you, what you, we do. You, it's, and it's not like a Broadway theater where, you know, oh, bravo. <laughs> really, really. Bravo. Yes. You know, I mean, like, some of these places, usually it's fun. But, like, we've talked about corporate gigs where they're just talking to each other. Yeah. Okay, we've talked oh. about... We've the talked about we talked about surprise comedy gigs where they don't even know or want a comedy show. Right, right, right. We we we've talked about Ariel Elias getting a beer thrown at her. Yeah. By the way, uh, there's a great uh, I think 
Ray Romano told the story. Or, uh, I think he, I heard him tell a story or, or something where he, a guy saw him at a club, thought he was so funny, said, can you work in my wedding? I want you to perform my wedding. And he offered him this ridiculous, this was before Ray had the show and everything else. But and he did the show, and, he, and, and it was a different context, yeah. in a different situation, with a totally different environment. And Ray said, like, he bombed, like yeah. nobody was listening, it went, went terrible. But, of course, the guy thought... What the hell is wrong with you? Right. You know what yeah. I mean? You was just, I thought this guy was so funny, yeah. you know, and now and he's now not he funny. Sucks. This <laughs> is Ray Romano, you yeah. know what I mean? Like the funniest guy. And and, and I, I think Ray told the story. He goes, and I had to go up to the guy and say, uh, and I said, can I get my money? And the guy's like, I gotta pay you for that or something. <laughs> I, I remember. I, oh, I go. Everyone can relate to that. Like every comedian can relate right. to the pain of of just going up out of like a fish out of water in an environment mm -hmm. completely unconducive to right. stand up comedy whatsoever, right. and people thinking that you should be funny anywhere, like right. anywhere without a mic, you should just <laughs> be able to go up and do forty five minutes off the top of your head. <laughs> right, right, you know, right. it's it's amazing what people like. And, and, and there's no. It's the most revered and most disrespected art form there is. Yeah, and people come up to you and say, or if, you know, if I'll get like introduced to somebody, oh, this is Perriel, she's yeah. a comic, and they like, tell me a joke. Yeah, right away. <laughs> Be funny right now. <laughs> Be funny. By the way, there's, right a, there's now. another phenomenon related to the asking for money, and that's the phenomenon where you show up at a gig mm -hmm. and they're thrilled to say, we love, oh, you know, I did a college and yeah. like the, the welcoming committee, the students right. are like, yes, yes, yes. so excited to have you. Right. Man, we can't wait for this show. Right. We love, we saw you uh -oh. on, yeah. uh, you know, last comic standing yeah. or whatever, which was me doing five minutes. Right, right, we right, loved, right. We loved you. We can't wait for this show. Ooh, we're so excited. Then, uh, well, five minutes is not an hour. Yeah. So you do an hour. Yeah. It doesn't go as well. No, it doesn't. And, all the pe and then at those same people that came up to you before the show were like, Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. <laughs> it was really, it was interesting. The same people we were, that were like ready, yeah. they were they were they were celebrating. Yeah, you. yeah, rolling out the red rolling carpet. Rolling out the red carpet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did a I did a prom. I did a prom. A prom. A prom. Someone's prom. Worst gig. In fact, worst gig I ever. It traumatized me for private gigs for years after this because I I they I didn't know. I they were like I thought oh ever they'll be excited to see me. I didn't know. <laughs> I was a young comic, and I go on the dance floor. They're dancing. And then they said, and now we're going to have a comedian. And I walk onto the dance floor, and they had to stop dancing and sit down to listen to me. And they hated me. <laughs> like, I mean, I have never seen so a So they person. didn't know there was going to be a comedian. No. I, they hated me. They, I was invading their space, ruining their magical night. I mean, they despise me. And they told me, you know, don't, don't, nothing dirty or whatever. And I had just done MTV or some, something, or something. that's why they hired me or something. And, uh, and, and uh, a kid yelled out, I said, I was, I was just on MTV. And they go, and some kid yelled out, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked at the guy and I go, oh, he's a big guy. I'm not going to fuck with him. I said the F word. Like, I, and then immediately someone ran on stage, like, and handed me a note, end the act. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my like, God. And then someone, and then I walked off, and they were like, uh, as first person walked up, like, who hired you? They wanted to know, like, it was, like, terrible. It was just this awful situation where no one wanted me there. Mm -hmm. The kids were not told. The kids said, and then years later, years later, someone came up to me. I was at the, I think it was at Gotham Comedy Club, or maybe it was the cellar, and somebody saw me here, and they came up to me. Yeah, I think it was the cellar, and somebody came up and go, by the way, you did my prom, Right. And I remember thinking how sad that was because we I thought you were funny, but it, it was not it did yes, not go the, well. You know, like like sometimes yeah. you get after a show, somebody will say, Well, I thought you were funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awful. You know, which awful. is is I guess better than better than you weren't funny, but obviously uh, you know, back to the compliment. But see, you had a happy ending to your story. You did an hour. Uh you you 
you're possibly seeing a new uh, addendum to your career as, uh, as possible more of well, doing more gigs like this. Well, now you guys are scaring me. It's like maybe I well, had like... Look, oh. usually it goes well, but there's always a possibility that it doesn't. Yeah. Usually it does go well. Yeah. But, I think the thing that's that, terrifying... That's, that's, you know... But sometimes it does not go well. Like that corporate gig that I did very recently where they were not even listening. Yeah. And not there's nothing you can do. Not listening is... I mean, I don't know. Is I mean, that not worth listening? It's not. It's better than you suck it off the stage. Right? Is that that? I think not listening. <laughs> that's but not listening is still brutal because I do a lot of check spots, especially when. Oh I'm, yeah. And not listening. <laughs> not oh. listening is not. The check spot is th is so painful because. But it makes the you audience feel much is required and... to not listen. Right. Like like you're being literally put in a situation where you're the sacrificial lamb. To take care of financial the check business. spot meaning is when when the checks are given out at a comedy club just for the uninitiated. Yeah, someone's on stage and everybody's figuring out their checks. Their checks yeah. and no one's listening. to the I show. take it on purpose. <laughs> I could right. farm it out, but I yeah. take it because right. I think it makes me. You know. It yeah, it toughens me, your yeah, it your toughens comedy. Yeah, but there's like people that write riders in when they're headlining on the road. Right. That. You will not drop the checks during my set. Headliners, a lot of which is reasonable. Have, which is, yeah, re absolutely reasonable. I've I've done road gigs where they drop the checks. I'm crushing. I'm having my headliner set, and then they drop the checks. No, no, no. And I and I I don't call in advance and get the rider. I, I don't know if you I'm big no no no. You, know. you should nobody should be dropping no. checks no. on headliner sets no. like ever. Uh, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It ruins the experience yeah. also for the audience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it ruins your momentum as a comic if you have f callbacks, if you have things, and you're ramping into your ending that's going to cascade, and all of a sudden the checks are out. But that's one of out. the things that the comedy tell there is no checks. Yeah, spot. all fantastic. that is taken care of after the show. It's outrageous. Great. I mean, imagine if like Hamilton in the middle of yeah, Hamilton, exactly. they like brought you your yeah, bill. Exactly. <laughs> right at the very end of Les Mis, you know what I mean? They're 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 doing their final big killer number at the end, and uh, the checks are out, and people are doing financial calculations anyway, at the table. Speaking of the checks being dropped we're going to drop our uh our uh, metaphorical check mm. on this bonus episode yeah we thank you for listening to table talk the bonus episode for live from the table <laughs> uh thank you brian mcfadden for staying an extra half hour with go. us and uh engaging us even more i did I you were did the ter check spot, terrific on the main show terrific on the thank you, uh on the bonus show brian scott mcfadden everybody uh peril ashenbrand and uh, Nicole Lyons, our sound lady from upstate New York, <laughs> who does her what she does so well. Thank you, everybody. Podcast at ComedySally.com for comments, suggestions, and constructive criticism. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.